think we're 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 solid now. Go ahead. You can't just throw me in that. <laughs> All right, we're in episode two. Now we have sort of fixed our studio, <laughs> just a little bit more. Last time, it's a little more secure, but I don't know. I feel a little like trapped. I think that's what it is. That's what's stressing me out. I'm trapped. I'm like behind these wires, and I'm holding the microphone as close as I can because I feel like. <laughs> You're holding it closed and I'm pushing it away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Very funny. So, all right. Do you remember where we left off? No. I remember, I think the last thing that I remember talking about. We can go back. Hold on. Uh, no, it's fine. Let me try to remember. Um, it was that we had finally decided to start the church. And I emphasized the fact that my dad wanted to start it he felt called to start the church and ron and maria were supposed to help essentially and then we started attending like a bible study with them and their idea of a regular like that's when you remember okay that's when we wanted to title this episode um something along the lines of you have to break them down before you build them so um Well, did you have any questions about the last time? Because I know you said that I was holding back information. Or you felt like I didn't, um, I guess, explain it deep enough or give like a full rounded explanation. Well, I'm sure people are wondering, like I was, um, what was the church called that you were from? I think they want to know that. Oh, well, the wait, the good one that I was with for a long time yeah. or the one that broke me? Well, I mean, you you can reveal the second one after. Okay, but. so the first one was called Solid Rock Church International. We were not international, though. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to be. His heart was in the right place, but we were by like by no means international. Um, but yeah, that was the first church. And it was the only. It was the only church. Well, I mean, that was where I spent a majority of my life, like where I did a lot of my growing and my learning. We came from a different church, but. That was the one that I spent a majority of my life in. No, but I mean, like, is there other people that lead another, the same, it's the same name? To my knowledge, it's the only one. I mean, I think there might be some other church called Solid Rock, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not sure. And I don't even think they're leading a church anymore, but I really don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard about them. Wow. Go on. Well, that's it. I mean, that's what I can, from what I remember. That was your only question? So far. Anyways. Um, so... I know there was like, I guess there's a lot of terminology or so he, Mark felt like I was kind of holding back the other day because I wasn't going into a lot of detail with certain things. So I was kind of just using like roundabout terminology or kind of almost just giving like a summary of the situation. But for the most part, I mean, that's just like the backstory. It's not the meat of my story or like the depth of where the trauma, like the trauma happened. Um, But essentially, so I guess a little bit more backstory along the same timeline though. Um, When we started going to church with like attending the Bible study, like they weren't running a church. They didn't have their own church yet. They had just kind of like started fresh and instead of I guess they had just planted a different church somewhere else and they were kind of like in a, almost like a, an off season to where they were just ministering. They weren't really anchored down to anywhere. Um, so they really weren't doing much. They were ministering to a couple people, 
like people in their lives like that they knew um but for the most part that's really it like they would just kind of have like a small bible study like when we first met Ron and Maria Maria was having a bible study with people that I don't even remember any of them like I don't it wasn't very many women she was having a women's bible study I don't remember any of those people except for one person because she ended up joining us for the church and she's still a part of that whole thing um but so we kind of it was a slow introduction if you would um as far as how everything began but it it was it was almost kind of like so I don't know you probably haven't um heard this but there's um but there's like a short story kind of having surrounding how how do you boil a frog like you can't just you can't boil water and throw a frog in there because clearly the frog's going to jump out of the water and that they're not going to die. Really? You don't think so? No. A thousand percent. Like they're going to jump out. As soon as they hit hot water, they're going to jump out. It might be an anecdote. I don't know. But anyways, so the the question is, how do you boil a frog? It's kind of like that same phrase where it's like, how, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? But how would you boil a frog? You don't just boil water and then throw them in there. You, what you do is you put a frog in a pot of water and you put it on a stove and the frog's chilling. They're just in the water and you slowly turn up the heat. So they are getting acclimated to the water as it's heating up. And then before they know it, the water's boiling and they're dead. So that's kind of the way that it happened with us. We were in boiling, like we were in a slow boil so they started off kind of, it was very subtle. It was almost natural the way that it happened as far as like we started attending the Bible studies. And like I said, it was very, very different for us um, because back in the day, a normal church service would be like an hour and a half long from beginning to end. You would start, you would have worship, which would be like three or four songs. And then if, you know, like you would kind of, like let the music go where it was going to go. But for the most part, you had three or four songs, then you went into the message and then that was it and you were done. And then we would go and, oh, that's another thing. So this is very small detail, but it's a big detail for me and my story. So at Solid Rock, it was normal for us. We would, every morning, we would, yeah, we would go set up church. We would have work, like we would set up the table or we would set up the chairs, set up the equipment, set up everything, have worship, have church. And then after church, we would have donuts and coffee. Like there was always donuts and coffee after church. And that was just something that was normal for us. It's like in the Bible, it says that, you know, in order to fellowship with one another, you would break bed, you would break bread with one another. So it's like, it's just a method of fellowshipping and then just, just, enjoying each other's presence like yeah you can talk about the message or you can just catch up on your week you can just chat and just enjoy being around people like that's why I had such close relationships with people because that's what we would do and at Solid Rock we would have bible studies and we would have like evening bible studies to where we would get together and we would have like basically like a mini church service we would have a couple songs of worship we would have the message and then we would have dinner together like whoever was hosting it would have, they would cook a meal for us or it would be like potluck style and we would all bring something to share and then we would just hang out and we would be there until 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night and that was just what we did and 
I loved being at that church. I loved being with those people. I formed the closest relationships that I had for years because that's what we did. That's just how we enjoyed each other's company. And I bring that up because it was such a dramatic difference being in that environment, knowing that for my entire life, and then going to this other, being with these other people who were very strict and very stern and very serious. And they did not believe in having meals as far as you don't bring food. We're not here for food. We're here for to learn. We're here to train. We're here to learn about the Bible, learn about God, be better Christians. And it was just very, you didn't hang out and spend time. You didn't like shoot the shit. You learned for however long they decided to teach, which could be anywhere from three to five hours. I think the longest service that we had been a part of or the longest Bible study or whatever you want to call it was like six fucking hours straight. And you did not have meals in between. You didn't have a break. You could get up and go to the bathroom, but even that was frowned upon. Like it was, you were sitting in a chair listening for six fucking hours. And it's just like, that is brutal. The human mind is done learning after three hours. You have, I think it's two or three hours. It might be two, but you have two or three hours of moments where your brain is actively absorbing. Like you're only supposed to, I think it's two hours. You're only supposed to study for two hours at a time. And then you need to give yourself a break because your brain is no longer absorbing any, any information. So it was just, it was like, it was brutal, but my parents were into it and I'm just like, well, fuck, this is different. This is very difficult, but they would just remind us like you guys. And then they would, the way that they would teach us and the way that they would talk to us would be, you guys aren't familiar with this. You need to like, it's almost like building a callus. Like you have to learn how to live this life. You have to learn to be more dedicated and to be more, to take God more seriously. Like, you know, you don't have us for forever. And that's something that they would always like hold over our heads. We're not going to be here forever. So take advantage of the time that you have with us. Learn what you can before we're gone. Because their thing was, we'll help, we'll build the church, and then we'll leave and go somewhere else. And my parents were so addicted to them that they were just like, oh my God, we have to learn everything that we can learn. So it was just, it was hard. Um, And I, I honestly... I mean, truth be told, I can't remember all of it, like as far as the beginning. I just know some of a lot of my traumas, Um, but I know fairly early on, like let's say it was a couple months in, um, mind you, we had burned all of our relationships. Like we weren't fellowshipping with anybody else besides Ron and Maria. It was Ron and Maria and one of the people that they had brought on who she stuck around and then one of the ladies that had followed us from Solid Rock. And so it was just like a handful of us. So in the very beginning, it was me, my mom, my dad, Ron Maria, um, a lady named Ruth who came with us from Solid Rock and Bridget, who was, I guess you could say like a quote unquote friend of Maria. Like Maria didn't really believe in friends. Bridget was more of like a, a student of Maria's. But so Bridget was there and my little sister, she was kind of there. She would be there occasionally, like maybe once a week, but she was still in school. And I was, 
I was going to school, um, but I was quite literally scheduling my entire, like every single one of my classes, I was scheduling it around the meetings that we would have. Like we didn't formally create a church until much later, but we would just have consistent meetings. Like we would have, I think it was, I want to say it was like a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday morning Bible study. It was, no, Tuesday morning, Wednesday, women's Bible study. It was a Wednesday night Bible study. It was um, a Friday night prayer meeting. And then it was, we would meet on Sundays. And like these things, like all, it happened over a span of like maybe a year, but it was very slow build up. And my little sister, she would, you know, she would come around like on Sundays, but for the most part, she wasn't really being drawn in so deeply. Um, but like I had mentioned last episode, I was very intrigued and very interested and I was craving attention. I've always had an issue with, um, seeking out the approval of people, but predominantly trying to find a mother figure. I mean, I had my mom with me, but she was not really like a presence in my life as far as like being my mom. Like I think Mark mentioned, she, we were more like roommates for as long as I can remember. Like, I don't know what it's like to have a relationship with a mom. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what's normal. Um, I don't know what is a typical relationship that a daughter has with her mother, but I never had that. Like, I don't remember having conversations about, sorry, but I don't remember having conversations about like my first period or, um, you know, a first date or anything like that. Like I never had those conversations with my mom. But, um, so for as long as I can remember, ever since I was a little kid, I was always seeking out like a mother figure And it really, because Maria was such a powerhouse, like I was intrigued. I was super interested to learn from her. She terrified me, but at the same time, that power and that authority, it was like, that was attractive. And it was like, how do I get that for me? Like, how can I be that kind of like a powerhouse? So, um, it was like, I would endure these things and I would go and I would, take the time to learn because I wanted to be teacher's pet. I was used to being teacher's pet, but, um, I was also going to school. So my sister, she was here and there, whatever, but I was also going to school, but I would only go to school. I think for two and a half years straight, I would only take classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays because those are the only two days that we didn't have some kind of a church meeting. And if we did have a church meeting, it wasn't until later in the night and I didn't take night classes. I only took morning classes or afternoon classes. So for like two years, I was scheduling my life around anything and everything that had to pertain to the church. (coughs) Well, at the time, it wasn't even considered a church. It was just these meetings. So how old were you? I think I was 19 at that time. So you were 19 and your sister was what? Four years younger, so 15, 16, depending on... Okay, and she would only be there in and out sometimes? Yeah, because she was still in school. So she was, like, going to high school. She had responsibilities. She was, like, a study, you Wait, know... Oh, she actually got to go to a high school. Oh, yeah. So my sister and I lived very different lives. And I guess that kind of counts, too. Um, I didn't get the real high school experience. You could call it... It was technically considered homeschooling, but realistically, I went to a charter school. Um, so... 
and that came about because so when Mark and I knew each other, we met we were we were we knew each other in middle school. And then um after middle school, I went to high school. I went to one of the local high schools, but I only went there for the first semester of my freshman year. And then we had to move. So we moved from Chino all the way to Corona. And obviously I wasn't in the district and it was like an hour and a half drive. So it's like, that's not an option. Um, so we moved and I had to go to a different school district, but because I had only done the first semester of my freshman year, this new school district didn't recognize some of my units. So my only option was you can enroll in school and you can finish out your freshman year, but you're going to have to repeat your freshman year all over again because we don't recognize those units. So it's like you can finish with your fresh, like, you know, you can meet the freshman students and go to school with them, but you won't, you're going to be held back a year. So I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, absolutely not. So <clears throat> it was suggested if you want to catch up, you can basically um, go to a charter school where you can take multiple classes because it's like it's more of a it's a smaller it's like I think my graduating class was like 10 students but it was much more like focused and you could blow through classes quicker um so it's like you can go and you can go for the first year and basically catch up and then you can come back during like for your sophomore year and you know join this school after you've caught up with your units so basically it was just a snowball effect I wasn't I didn't end up getting caught up, not because I didn't do the work, but because the people that were quote unquote helping me didn't know what the fuck they were doing. So I ended up getting fucked out of school. Like I couldn't do anything. I couldn't catch up. I ended up being behind, I think like 10 units, even in my senior year. So I wasn't, I was never able to go to public school. Um, so that's why he was like, oh, she got to go to a public school. So my little sister and I lived very different lives. We're four years apart. She got to go to high school. I was homeschooled with like 10, not, I think maybe not even 10 students in each of my classes. Um, so yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um, that probably also helped like Christina, I'm sorry, my little sister, um, that helped her avoid getting so sucked in because she was going to a public school and she's around people and she didn't have time to deal with, you know, she didn't have time to get roped into the bullshit. Had nothing. Did, did you end up getting your GED? Yeah. And then about what, 18, 19 is when you went to, went to college? Um, well, I first went when I was 18. No, no. Yeah. 18. I went straight out of high school or charter school? Well, yeah, whatever. Um, I think I went 18, and I only went for, like, a couple semesters, maybe one semester. And I was just like, I don't like this. Like, I don't, this, is, this isn't for me. College? Okay. Yeah. Why? Well, what, it, was, it was community college. I don't know. I hated high school. I was a terrible, whatever, school in general. I was not a good student. I wasn't, I hated school. I was a major procrastinator. Um, I wasn't stupid, but I also didn't care. Like... Education just wasn't a big deal to me. Um, <clears throat> why do you Why do you feel that way when you were younger? Why well, Why do you say that? Um, well, for one thing, my parents really didn't push education on us. Like, I mean, yeah, we went to school because we had to, but it wasn't like something that was drilled into us. Like my my dad, I think he 
he didn't even graduate high school. He doesn't even have a high school diploma. My mom only graduated high school. Um, so education just wasn't a big deal to them. Um, so it wasn't something that was pushed on us. But my entire childhood and adulthood really doesn't matter. Christina was always the star student. She was always the one that came home with straight A's. She was always the smart kid. So it was just like, well, Christina's got the the brains. I guess I just have the bronze. I don't know. So it wasn't like I wasn't really motivated to do well because Christina was the star, you know, the star pupil. And I was just kind of just there. So I was like, eh, whatever. It's fine. She can be the student. She'll be the straight A student and I'll just be whatever I am. So you, so you went to college for, or yeah, college, or community college for a little bit and then you stopped and then yeah. when, when did you, how long did you stop for? Um, I started, I stopped for a while, like I think like a year and a half and I was working here and there. Um, so yeah, I was working, but I wasn't working often. <clears throat> like it was just like a part-time job. And when I was a kid, I didn't have to work. Like my dad always said, you can live here as long as you're either going to school or going to church. So, so those are the qualifiers. <laughs> and I going was, to school or going to church? Yeah. I thought it was and going to church. No, or. Now I'm confused. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, you- obviously, like, he would want, I would, it, church wasn't really an option, but it was like, if you're 100% dedicated to church and I'm giving all of my time to church, then that's fine. But it's like, I mean, if it. it if I was going to school, it doesn't mean that I was exempt from church. I would still go to church on like Sundays. But what he meant by going to school or going to church, it was just like you're going to basically you're living your entire life for church, which that was the route that I ended up going for a long time. Um, what made you choose church? Um, it, it wasn't a choice of church. It was just I didn't want to go to school. So Oh, gotcha. So yeah. that was kind of like your escape route? I guess it was just like my out. And like I said, I was really intrigued by this person, yeah. you know, so I was, I, it was like, I think maybe the first year or so I was out of school for a little bit. And then not to mention my dad was paying for everything for me and I didn't like that. So I waited until I could kind of get uh scholar, not scholarships, or I could get financial aid um, and my dad didn't have to pay for it. So it was... It was a while. It was a while before I was able to do that. I don't remember. I think it was like, I don't remember all of that, all the details. But basically, I ended up going to school. Like, I remember for the while, for, for a while in the very beginning, I didn't have anything going for me. Like, I would work here and there. But for the most part, there wasn't a whole lot going on. And then I decided to go back to school. And that's when I was scheduling all my classes around that. And, um trying to make sure that whatever classes I was taking didn't interrupt with, it didn't conflict with church scheduling. And then, um, and it wasn't an issue. Like I would go to school, um, a couple days a week and then it was church every other day of the week. And then eventually it kind of like it snow and it was a slow snowball. So it wasn't something that escalated super quickly, but we would be going to church or I call it church, but it really wasn't church yet. We would be going to these meetings, meeting with Ron and Maria, quote unquote, training with Ron and Maria. And then eventually, um, you know, meetings became more consistent and it kind of became more of a church structure as far as it was more regular. 
it was like, okay, every Wednesday we're going to do this. Every Friday we're going to do this. Every Tuesday we're going to have this meeting. So it became, excuse me, more of a consistent schedule. Um, And then that's why it kind of like evolved eventually into, I guess you could say, a church. Um, And... But it was just a glorified home, like home, home Bible study. But so eventually it kind of got to that point. But I remember there were a, it was, it was a Saturday morning, I think. Yeah, it was a Saturday morning. Like we had been going to church or we had been meeting with them for a while, like maybe like a month and a half, two months maybe. And so, okay, tiny bit of a back step, I guess. I'm going to reference the old church a lot because there's different things that kind of tie in. Um, so after we left Solid Rock, I, when, when I was there, I was heavily involved in the worship team. So it was, I was on the worship team, but on top of that, like not only on Sundays, but, um, I was also one of the youth group leaders. So at the youth groups that we would have, I also had to be a part of the worship team and it was me and, you know, a couple other people, one other person that I had church, like I had to lead the, you know, worship for. And it was a, after a while it became a chore and I just didn't want to do it anymore. Like I didn't enjoy it. It became something that was like expected of me and a routine and I just got bored of it. So when we left Solid Rock, I had decided I don't want anything to do with church. Like, not church, but I don't want anything to do with worship. Because that, to me, came with responsibility. And I didn't want that responsibility. Like, I was like, finally, we're leaving this church. Like, fuck that. I don't want to do that anymore. So I didn't want anything to do with worship whatsoever. And I especially did not want to be involved in the church as far as having a responsibility which is kind of contradictory because I was so intrigued by like all of what Maria could do and what she did. And it's like, I kind of wanted that power, but I didn't want the responsibility that came with that or how to get it. But, um, anyways, there was one Saturday morning that Ron told me, my mom, I think Ruth and Bridget, that we, like, he wanted us to go to the house on a Saturday morning. So we all met at his house on a Saturday morning. I think Maria was at work. So it was just us with him. And we were going to have, like, a training session. So we really didn't know what the training session was for. But the way he kind of opened up was kind of like, you know, now that we're becoming like more of a church, you know, we're, we're establishing this. We need to have some structure essentially. And we need to start having, you know, we need to start opening up with worship. Like we need to have worship before we go into the message. And there's a reason for it. I don't remember his reason, but basically worship is a time where you're okay. So literally the worship, the word worship, it means to work like Think about the old days, like when they would worship, like Egyptians, they would worship cats. Like they idolized them. They, you know, gave them, um, like they, they, I like they created idols from them. Like, you know, they, um, they looked up to them or whatever. So to worship is to kind of like when you're worshiping, it's you're, you're in a state of reverence 
towards God and you're singing and you're trying, you're, you're making, what is it? Scripture. It's you're making a, a sweet sound unto the Lord or whatever. Um, but basically you're just, it's an opportunity for you to just honor and, um, like I said, like, I don't know, I can't think of a, a, you know, a synonym for worship, but just kind of offer your gratitude and just get into a place of intimacy, if you would, with God to where you're kind of opening yourself up to hear from him and to hear the message that he really wants. Like, cause that's what church is like, well, from what I was taught, Worship is an opportunity for you to worship him and for you to get to a place of just communication with him. And it's kind of like, it's just, it's a slow intro into it. And then the message is where you're after worship, you've kind of created, you've kind of opened the door for communication. Like he can talk to you through the message. It's almost like you're putting your receptors on, like you're getting yourself into a place where you're ready to receive what it is that God has given to the speaker, whoever's, you know, leading that service, what God has spoken to them. Because when you go to a church meeting, the message is supposed to be something that God has given that person to share with the church. So worship is kind of like an intro and it's just, it's just creating that atmosphere of, I guess, reception if you would so that's kind of the way he explained it in more you know I guess professional terms he would have said it some other way but he was telling us like we need to get to that place and he my mom she used to sing when we were at solid rock she would sing a lot of worship and I would kind of be like a backup um but she was she had a really good voice and I kind of developed a voice as well And then Bridget, she couldn't sing for shit, but she had a good heart. And then Ruth, Ruth was like, I don't know why I'm here because you're not going to get shit from me. Like, I'm not going to sing. But we essentially had almost like auditions. And I guess that's kind of normal at big churches, Christian churches like Hillsong. Hillsong is a very popular Christian band. You have to audition for them. And so it makes sense. But this was a little bit different. I had never had to do that. So Ron had each of us audition and sing a song or sing a little bit of a song. And then he would just sit there and listen. And he would have us judge each other. Almost like an American Idol type thing. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he would have us critique each other. And, well, what did you think about that? And we were thinking, like, oh, okay, I mean, it's, it's not bad. She sounded okay. Like... It, it was good. No, no, no. How did that provoke like any type of reaction? Like, did you feel the presence of God? It's like, okay, well, you're not understanding it. Like we didn't know that was foreign to us. So it was just like, I don't know. So after that first round, I guess you could say he pretty much identified like, okay, Bridget can't sing for shit. Michelle, she can sing and Rochelle, she can sing. But he wanted to dig deeper. So what he had us do is he also critiqued us. And he said, you know, Bridget, you're too high here. 
you're too much this, you're too much that. Michelle, you're too much this, you're too much that. Rochelle, you're too nasally, you're too this, you're too that. And so he would critique the fuck out of it. And I'm just like, okay, wasn't prepared for this today. And um, so that had kind of happened. And then he wanted us to hear ourselves because he didn't think that we were hearing ourselves. And he... So he gave us each an earpiece. Oh, when he critiqued me, he compared my voice and the way, the the method or the the way that I was singing to Alanis Morissette. And she doesn't have a very good voice. She has a very like vibrato voice. Like she has a lot of vibrato in her voice and she's got like a, almost like a, a nasal sound to her. I don't like her voice at all. I've, I had never heard of her until that day, but he played a song by her and he was just like, and I'm like, that's terrible. He's like, well, that's what you sounded like. Oh, okay. So I sound like shit essentially. And so I'm just like, I don't like this. And meanwhile, my mom's right there and she's not saying shit to defend me, to defend herself. She's just letting him talk to us the way that he's talking to us. And it's like, you know what? You can tell, you can let him talk to you however you want. Bridget can take it. Ruth can take it. But I'm your daughter and you're not saying anything. But I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'm just listening. And then it comes, he gave us, he had an exercise for us where he wanted us to hear what we sounded like. And so he gave us an earbud and we put one earbud in our ear. And then like we could hear them. No, did we have music? No, I don't think we had music. It was just a matter of like closing one of our ears. And then he would have us sing. Oh, really? Yeah. So there'd be no music playing. It would just be like acapella. To yeah. Him. Yeah. Like, again, it's on the audition. So I have one earbud in and I'm singing. And now I can only hear what he said I sounded like. So now I think I sound like shit. And I'm like, and he's like, well, how did that sound? I was like, I don't like it. He's like, well, I didn't like it either. And I'm like, wow, okay. And he was, and then the, the the day progressed and then it got to a point where he broke us down enough to a place of humility that he felt like, okay, let's give them a shot. So he went and he like, he knew how to play like the keyboard or whatever. So he went and he started playing a, the um, playing the piano because they had a grand piano in their, their living room. So he started playing the piano and he's like, I want you guys to sing and I want you guys to worship. So he was, we were doing that and like my mom sang, Bridget sang and he was like, oh, it's okay. It's not that bad. Like, okay, it's okay. And then, you know, little by little and mind you, I didn't even want to be there. I wanted nothing to do with worship. I especially didn't want any responsibility. I'm like, like, dude, I'm only here because my mom told me to be here. Like, I don't want to be here. But, you know, he's having me fucking audition and he's humiliating me in the process. And then he had me sing and he didn't even finish the song. He stopped midway through the song and he looked at me and he was like, that was absolutely awful. And he goes, that sounded like nails on a chalkboard. Like nothing about that was worship. Nothing about that was even remotely close to ushering the presence of God. Like to God's ears, that was nails on a chalkboard. And I just broke. 
and I'm like crying. And oh I was no. like, oh yeah. And I'm like, okay. And this like, is just auditioning still? Yeah. Is this the same day or another day? I think it was the same day. Jesus. And like he is like again, he was breaking us all day. But for some reason, he was breaking me more than anybody else. Like he had kind of already disqualified Bridget and my mom, and he knew he was gonna make me be that person. I was gonna have to be the worship leader. And he had already made that decision well before the day had even ended. So I'm crying. Like I'm not sobbing openly, but like tears are streaming down my face. I'm like, first you're telling me that I sound like shit, but then you're telling me that I'm not even pleasing to God, that he doesn't even like what he hears, that it's nails on a fucking chalkboard. Like you're telling me that I'm not pleasing to God right now with the only thing that I have going for me, which is my voice. And you're telling me that he doesn't even like what he's hearing. So, and again, we were so trained, like it had only been a few months, but we were so trained to trust and believe that these people they they heard from God because they had like proven themselves in a sense of they had kind of had more like meetings. I can't explain them all because I don't remember them, but there were, you know, we would have meetings where they would call us out on our shit and they would be like, you know, Steve, which is my dad, you know, you're struggling to be really invested in this because you're too caught up with work. You're too busy with work you're too focused on handling work and you're not focused enough on your walk with God. And apparently that was right on the money for him. And so it's like, holy shit, we didn't even know that, but they knew that. So it's just like little things where they were kind of showing tidbits that they really did hear from God. So it was just, it was that over and over. Um, so it kind of, that's kind of like, that was my introduction to worship that's what I was taught, which only built a foundation of never being good enough, never being a good enough singer, never having a pure enough heart, um, being too prideful, wanting to perform, which are all things that are frowned upon in the church. What do you mean? You're, those are all things you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to have a prideful heart. You're not supposed to think you sound good. You're not supposed to try to sound good. You're not supposed to think you sound good. You're supposed to have a pure heart. And no matter what you sound like, you're just trying to worship God. And you're just trying to be pleasing to God and, and have like the purest of, ten of intentions. And you can't perform. So it's like you can't put your own spin on a song. You have to sing it like a fucking robot, which I mean, it's not robotic, but just it's hard to explain. Like you can't. The way that Adele sings her songs, like Adele has a very, you know, signature way of singing. Give us an example. Absolutely not. So you can't. <laughs> Just like, so people know. No. A lot of people don't know. Well, let's uh, go look up a song from Adele. I'm no, not no, no, on no, no. I'm not telling you to sing. I'm just saying I'm going to mention that Rochelle does have a really nice voice. She always gets compliments all the time, even though she beats herself up about um, she's, she's her worst critic. And it's she's the worst of the worst critics for herself. But she has actually a really, really nice voice and people are always impressed. But uh, coming soon, I'll probably put something on TikTok where she's at a karaoke bar. You don't with, have it. With a gimpy you? leg. No. Oh. oh. Well, no. Well, I don't know. I don't I, think you have videos. Wait, didn't we record videos at Randy's? Randy did. But didn't we? I certainly didn't. No. Like, I don't know. I, well, I'm pretty sure I have. Oh, I don't have to look back. But damn, that's that. I remember one time we were at the bar with yeah. Lauren. 
Yeah, that's that's an that's. I think that was one of the first times that you heard me. Yeah. Yeah. That is the first time I heard you, but that's when she used to sing Adele. Now she actually is better at singing other stuff. Oh, I don't know, just because she sang the sad songs, but there are really good songs of Adele. The newer stuff is nicer for me, at least. <laughs> All the old stuff she sang, I was like. Mm. Well, Adele had like ballads. She sings like what ballads like. Oh. <laughs> like Vesuvius. Yeah. <laughs> it anyways she had ballet no ballads are like slow songs like powerhouse songs but they're slow and um, yeah i don't like ballads i know you don't but that's like what that's what adele has like those are the songs that i would sing oh but th- what about and that song that that one girl on tiktok sang the one that was super young fire burn that's a great song yeah is that a ballad um no no I, the one that but i never sang that one no well you did while we were watching it anyways going back sorry so she, aside from that she also i guess you were legit convinced and this is legit what you believed oh, everything yeah. he was telling you 100%. so you were pretty much like so convinced in that because there was a couple times where i what was it that i, I told you like oh like i was telling you about christian music like this but this isn't worship what were you saying again well that's tell him tell him well okay so but that's kind of fast forwarding it though no, I know, but I'm saying just just so that way it's it's pointed out there that there was one time when I was telling you about like oh yeah um I'm praying but I'm praying in song or I don't know I I, I was just like Christian music is like praying you know like that's that's it's a higher form of praying that's not worship you told me but that's not worship that's the worship isn't you can't worship like that and I'm like what are you talking about I don't remember that. I mean I remember having conversations about worship and prayer. But I mean, I do agree. Worship is prayer. I ha- I think it was a different. I made a different comment. I think you had mentioned maybe you can, a worship song, and I was like, "That's not worship. That's yeah, yeah." It's it's okay. So because that's when I I got crazy because I was like, "Wait, what are you talking about? This is Christian. Music. Yeah, yeah. This is this Christian isn't Catholic music. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah." I was like, "This is what the Christians listen to." Yeah. This is what we sing in church. Yeah. And, it's like, and it's like, but that's not worship. I was like, what are you talking about? So worship, what I was taught worship is, it's like, it's it's so hard to explain. But a lot of the common Christian music that's out there now, it's it has so much performance to it. And it has so much like, it's a concert. And worship what I was taught worship is, it's not a concert. It's not a concert. It's not a performance. And a lot of the Christian music out there now is performance. That's all it is. It's you're putting on a show. And that's not what worship is about. Worship is about having, like you said, you're praying and it's an intimacy between you and God. It, it, that's okay. That's, that's, how, that's a definition that I was trained to understand. Worship is a prayer. It's a conversation. It's just it's supposed to be just an intimate moment like a a very personal moment between you and God and you're so wrapped up and you're so involved and passionate about that conversation and that prayer between you and God that yes you're singing out loud but you're not doing it to perform for people you're doing it to usher them into his presence as well because it's like when you're it's true worship you're in the presence of god you're you're it's almost as if you're singing to him and he's in front of you and you're just it's the most purest form of prayer 
You're just, it's adoration. And it's as if you're on your face before him and you're just weeping at his feet with song. And, and it's just such a, a, a surrenderance to God that it's almost like it's addictive, not addictive, but it's like people see that and they're so like, they're so enamored with what they see. They're so awestruck by it that it's just, it's such a compelling force. It's such a compelling feeling that they're also ushered in. So it's like, they see you worshiping. They see you like, sorry. And imagine being in front of God and on your face. And it's just like, it's such a pure form of worship. It's such a pure form of prayer. And it's so innocent and it's so beautiful. And it's in, like I said, the purest form that you could possibly offer your prayers to him. And you see that and it's just like, oh my God, people that are watching, they're so like wrapped up in that, that they also feel compelled to go and also be in the presence of God. That's what worship is supposed to be. That's what I was trained to believe and to understand. So it's like, but I never really got it because I mean, it's still very much a performance. There's no way around that. It's hard to get in such a mindset and to really detach from the fact that you're in front of people and people are listening to you and people are watching you and you're having to remember these lyrics. You're having to remember the way that the song is sung because you don't want to do that just just like a disservice. So it's like you're trying to think of all of these things and you're trying to be perfect while also trying not to perform. And it's like a, it's a conflict of interest. It's an oxymoron. It's not feasible. Like it's not, it's very difficult to do. And that's what we were trying, he was trying to train us to do. And so it was, it was just this beating into my head over and over. Like I would try to sing and I would try to get out of my head and I would try so hard to have such a pure heart. And truthfully, I'm sitting there and I'm singing and I'm worshiping and I feel like I'm truly worshiping. I feel like I'm honestly in a moment with just me and God and I'm having like a conversation with him and I'm praising him and I'm worshiping him and I'm having this moment with him. And then I'm, the music stops and I'm told, stop. That sounds like shit. Like you are the most displeasing person in this room. How are you going to tell somebody that is so innocently and passionately trying to learn how to worship, that they're not doing it right. And how is that supposed to make somebody feel? It's like, it's almost like building Legos. Somebody builds Legos and they show you, this is how I want you to build it. And you go and you spend hours building that model exactly like that. And it looks exactly like it, but then they go and they kick it and they tell you, that's not the way that I said to do it. You did it all wrong. And it's like, but it was identical. That's exactly what you told me to do. That's what it's supposed to look like. And you're telling me, no, that's not right. So it's like, how is that supposed to, that's exactly what they did. They broke us down just so that they could rebuild us the way that they wanted us to be built. And so I was so damaged and I've been so brainwashed. And that's just regarding worship. Like that's just regarding music. Yeah, that's the crazy part. (laughs) Yeah, that's like. This is just one small little part of the whole cult. Yeah. I mean, that's a like a lot of where my trauma stems because I had to lead worship at every single after that, like it was months and it was a lot of abuse and it was a lot of mental 
and emotional abuse as far as like, no, that sounds terrible. And I cannot tell you. So it's like after that first day of training and abuse, it was like, cool, I kicked you enough. Maybe you've learned your lesson. And then it was determined at that day, Rochelle's going to be the new worship leader. And all of us are looking at each other like the fuck? Why? You just kicked her and you told her she sounded like nails on a chalkboard and you want her to lead worship? And I'm sitting here like, you just told me I sound like shit. You want me to lead worship? And that's what God wanted, apparently, according to Ron. And so he's like, she's going to lead worship. And I'm like, fuck, I want nothing to do with worship. That's the last thing, literally the last thing that I wanted. I was very specific. And I, I have was, that was the one mental thing that I had decided. I want nothing to do with worship because I was so over it. I didn't, I was exhausted. And now I'm going from not just leading worship once or twice a week to leading worship like six days out of the week and never doing it right. Why did you say no? Like, what would it, it wasn't what you, an what, option to what say no. What do you think? It wasn't happened? an option. It was, it, I can't tell you. It's that cultish behavior. You, it, it, no is It's isn't not an like option. there was lashings. No, but that's, you don't understand. To be, so mentally abused and so mentally manipulated and not to mention my parents are there and they're they're showing me that this is the way that it needs to be and so it's like you don't say no to these people like that's just not an option like that's the power that a cult has is they don't necessarily tell you if you say no you know we're gonna do this this and this like there's not a list of punishments it's just an unspoken rule you don't say no It's not an option. Not to mention this whole thing is we're trying the whole premise of this church of these meetings was trying to learn to be better Christians, trying to get closer to God, trying to be better people and trying to learn who God truly was and to try to to be the most educated we could be about God and to truly understand and have that closeness with him. And it's like, if that's your goal, why would you do anything to prevent that from happening? And we, I was told that I was going to be, because worship is so important to church, to the message, to learning and to really beginning to, um, like I said, it opens up that opportunity. It opens up the doors to learning. So it's like church is instrumental in the entire process of a service. Like without church, it's almost like you're talking to a wall. Like that wall hasn't been broken down. Like that's how I was taught. So the way they basically described it was almost like you're a key part of this. If you say no, we're not going to be able to enter into the presence of God. We're not going to be able to really become the best Christians. We're not going to be able to train you guys the way that we need to train you because we don't have worship and God wants you to do it. So you responsible for that part. Yeah. Wow. They made me a key, a pivotal like point in person. And it's like, if you don't do this, we're broken and we have no opportunity. Like they made it that severe. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like this episode should be called worship. (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll get to the other part later because I still have questions about the beginning. Um, Basically, like in the beginning, okay, what was the mood for like on your way to the first meeting? If you can try to remember it. And then how many people 
were there in the start? I mean, I, I know you mentioned Bridget and then the other girl. What meetings? Whatever meetings you guys first had for training. Oh. Um, well, you already mentioned that it started in the house. But I'm just saying for next time, like, I, that's the kind of questions that I have to be answered for. Because then also, it's like, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to, like, you mentioned that they also work. So that's my, that's my next question. My next question is, okay, where did Maria work? Where did What did they do, you know, aside from colting? you know or harvesting people (laughs) (laughs) harvesting yeah so jesus like what's their background where did they come from you know what i mean like it's almost uh, so so spacey yeah i'll I'll go i'll get it in the edit (laughs) (laughs) and then another thing is come i don't know what well shit we would really that's like another episode of like the traumas that still are we are in you you know what I mean? The trauma that you still hold on to, even though like little by little you've been, you know, getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, it's like it's still there. Like the whole music thing. It's like, dude, you have an amazing voice. I don't understand why you don't do this. It's like, well, well, it's because you've been beaten up. <laughs> yeah. You've literally been verbally beaten up. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like, like I said, it's got to be a time with your peg leg that we go to like a karaoke bar and you sing a song publicly and then you shout out kiss my butt ron <laughs> ron and maria kiss my butt you know something i don't know that's what i would say i would totally want to make sure it's, it's a kiss my butt ron here <laughs> kiss oh, these no, cheeks yeah. ron fuck off yeah but we can't technically we don't want to we don't want to get kicked out of the bar we want to keep going oh, just kiss my butt ron i guess that's it yeah so <laughs> oh man this is this is crazy how do you feel right now like let's let's talk about this real quick for this episode only how do you feel now that you're like getting this message out? Not message, but giving out the story. Like, how do you feel, pers- like really? I mean, right now it's just for us. I mean, I, I hope that there's people out there that can relate. And as far as like, they'll understand what I'm talking about when I say that it's, you know, they'll understand what it, what worship means or, or hopefully they'll, they'll have been taught the same way that, I mean, not the same way, but understanding, like they have a same, the same concept of worship that I do. Um, as far as how vital I was taught that it is. And like, I mean, it's kind of it, every time I talk about it, it really like, it pisses me off. Like I'm not mad right now, but it's like, as I get into the heat of it, it more of it, more I get more revelation about it. Like, dude, how the fuck are you such, like, how are you supposed to tell me that I'm supposed to be like this pivotal person and yet you're breaking me down and you're not at all building me up? Like, it just, you know, more revelation as far as just like, wow, you know, why? And also realizing just how cultish it is because you simply would have been like, no, you would have told them no. I didn't have that voice. You know, you also have to understand I had a different home dynamic. So it's like, I'm just realizing more and more as I'm talking. And it's just like, it's not, it's not frustrating. It's not, I'm not angry about it right now. Like I'm not in a bad space. Yes, I do get passionate when I'm talking about it because I'm kind of like reliving it at the same moment. But I'm also like, I don't realize just how much you, you can't relate to it because you were raised so very differently than I was. Like, I couldn't just say no. I couldn't just go to my parents and be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you sticking up for me? I don't have that relationship. You know, you would have told your parents, like, no, I'm not going to fucking go there. I'm not going to let them talk to me like that. 
you had that relationship well, with your parents. I, I wouldn't have said that at that age. I well, no, actually, no, not at that age. I know that my mom, my mom was super protective. Like she was the type to well, from what I remember, she would tell me, "I don't expect my children to lie to me." So. I'm going to believe my child first before I believe somebody else telling me that, that they did this that, or that you did this, me, that I did something wrong. Yeah. So they don't expect they, they tr- like she trusted me 1000% versus my word versus their word. And then find out later, you know, cause obviously she would hope that I wouldn't be lying, Aww. but yeah, <laughs> well, that's another <laughs> things, but that's that I'm talking about like no, when yeah, it comes to I confrontation and stuff at school or whatever, like what the fuck. And it's like, that's, it's so, I I never had that. It's foreign, yeah. Yeah, I never had that defense. I never had that advocate. I didn't, my parents, I mean, I didn't, it just didn't exist for me. So it's like things that your mom probably would have immediately had red flags and been like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. We're not taking our kid back there. You know, I can imagine your mom probably would not have stood for him talking to me like that. You your know? mom saw all that no, your dad yeah no my mom oh, oh what, it was my did, mom did your dad even know i mean, yeah my dad saw it like this is just the beginning of the abuse the abuse happened in public too in front of all the people that eventually would attend the church that's the next that's the next chapter for sure it's one of the next chapters oh jesus abuse that's another another title i mean abuse. the whole thing is abuse verbal abuse oh of course but damn we gotta dig deep we gotta write yeah oh, but jesus. i mean yeah like that's how i feel like i'm not it's just I'm realizing a lot that could have been avoided had I had my parents had a different role or taken a different role. Or taken parental role. Yeah. Because that's another tough thing. It really, I don't know. It's just there's so many questions. I mean, we weren't raised to have a voice in our house. Yeah, I know. It, I, but either way, I just. No, I know. But I'm, I'm saying like so that's many another questions level. for them. And it's like, damn, like I really after like we complete a couple like episodes more like i want you to send that to them <laughs> i want you to send them the episodes uh, with the long letter like hey you know what i'm getting over my traumas but well that's the thing my parents are still in it they're not out of it that's the scary part yeah yeah that that's more <laughs> that's a current event damn good episode so far man that's that uh, that's crazy <laughs> it's so crazy mm-hmm. all right i'll see you guys on the next episode part three Bye. Bye.